0: Welcome once again to Cast. Uh we're here with very exciting episodes to talk about some of the new releases to Bushido, uh, in particular the Void Monks. So we've got Gav, Craig, and we're very lucky to be joined by Jason himself. So thanks for everyone for joining, and um, yeah, let's uh, dive into these new
1: lovely models and their profiles. Hello, I like how you introduced us in order of importance there. Uh, that, was, that was really good though. <laughs> so, uh, Kinshi Temple, eh? Exciting stuff. Who's who's going to start? Yeah. How? Oh, let's start with pronunciation, shall we? Kin, Jason, Kinshi.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, Kinshi Temple. Yeah, I think uh, we 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 uh we wanted to just call them uh, the Void to begin with, um, Void monks, but uh, that would it would create an Im- uh, ambiguity in the rules because if you say, for example, target a Void monk, then that would count for a Rock and monk with the Void symbol. So we had to. Um, Named the temple yes. uh, as the Kinshi Temple. Uh, you can you can look at what that means if you if you're interested in uh, trying to maybe yeah. look into the lore a bit more. Certainly, um, so you've got a
1: little bit of overlap, haven't you, with the, the
2: Satsui thing,
1: which is just overlap to uh, yourself, I think, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. This. Um, so yeah, the, as, as well as um, Alistair's sort of visions for what he wanted to do, which he's he's sort of gathered together from various sources over literally decades, it seems, um, uh, he saw the, the model in the background for Master Enos and said, oh, there's there's obviously more of those out there. And Master Enos was always supposed to be the monk who knew the dark arts and was only allowed to teach one student so that you know somebody knew this stuff and kept the, hmm. the knowledge alive, but they couldn't teach it to everybody because it would definitely get misused. Uh, and so you'll see a lot of similarities, uh, both in the rules and the models. Uh, you'll see the uh, the entropy that follows around the void masters um, that, that phrase their clothes and uh, mm. things like that is also master Enos' robes and um, they have some similarities in the way they they have the robes and the odd hand gestures that they use mm. um, so yeah it's it's almost a, a faction. Uh, created from the model that I made uh, way back in 2014 so yeah I I, I mean for
1: me it's fantastic because I, I uh the, the Master Enos model I haven't had on the table much but in terms of actual miniatures is one of my favorites and the paint job I did on it is one of my favorites from the faction so I I, I missed the boat on ordering the Void so I have to wait for general release sadly but I'm I'm looking forward to putting a paint job on them that's like that kind of uh starting from the Rokan color scheme like it's a sort of master enos thing and, and starting to sort of make it more uh yeah dark like weathered right. and kind of uh, yeah, yeah yeah like they used to be rocan monks and now they're yeah. not anymore so you still got some of those colors coming through um should be an interesting approach and craig you've done a completely different approach haven't you with your paint
0: job? yeah yeah so yeah i i picked up a box and i've already painted mine but i did a very quick kind of ghost effect and uh that did not take too long but it looks quite nice
1: i think yeah, they mm-hmm. look great on the table. A bit, no to get maybe the a table. bit hard to tell apart, but um, yeah, we don't uh, yeah. we don't know them yet, do we? So uh, we we'll start to yeah, learn. It's and, a similar yeah. thing
2: with ninjas, though, as well. If mm. if you start playing and, and start playing ninjas, they're all just a lot of people wearing black. Yes. Um, so yeah, it does it does kind of lend itself to that. Um, one thing I did notice while I was painting them was uh, I know the studio um, paint scheme is just the black robes, which they've got obviously a lot of shades of grey. and mm. Uh, and things for the shading and highlighting, but the the models are really nice and they have multi-layers to the robes. They have like under robes and then maybe like a gi on top mm. and then a cloak with the hood. And I want, I really wanted mine to show the difference uh, with those layers. So uh, I've gone for the the grey. I think mine's a bit lighter grey, but then the the actual cloak with the hood, I've done in a bright red. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And it's... Um, it, it's supposed to match the sort of the orange symbol that goes around like the halo of the faction symbol mm. but uh it's currently just red and i need to highlight it up to be the, the very bright uh, yellow and white that yeah, yeah that you see on the faction symbol and it's like all that, right? the
0: cards as well which is they're just brilliant cards just the artwork is is great just yeah. love love that extra effect on the uh on the actual cards that you play with
2: Yeah, we we were discussing whether we should, um, there was like three versions of it, one of them without it at all, and then one of it with it faded, and then this really bright version. And uh, I said, you know, in almost every case, I'd say have the one without it just for clarity, but seeing as this is like a sort of a special release, let's make it as special as we can make it. So, yeah, that big faction symbol around the the portraits is is really... uh, uh, strong draws your eye to the cards, makes them very different to any other factions, even just the cards. Yeah,
1: hmm. I mean, I'd say I, I agree with you there on the kind of the um, uh, legibility does take a bit of a hit with that. Um, I, we were playing in quite low light last night, but we Craig, without yeah. all lights on. And I was squinting a little bit to see some of the, the, the stuff. I'm looking at the app at the moment with the cards on it, it's clear as day, so it's fine. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I like the balance the well, the direction. I Prefer pretty cards, you know. You
2: you only need to understand what the stats are once, and yeah. And with so few models in the faction, it's pretty easy to learn what each one does totally. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like there's uh, there's Ryu levels of models where you know you you need to learn 50 different models if you want to know the whole faction. Yeah,
1: quite right. But uh, they're they're certainly quite daunting to um, play against. Should we talk about our game, Craig, or do you want to um?
0: Yeah, well, I I, I was going to say kind of probably uh, probably from top down, um, like obviously we uh, touched on the models. Obviously, the models are are lovely. Um, I really enjoy painting them Um, and they're they're certainly um, eye-catching. And um, I think the rules are are equally so. Um, So that sort of intrigued me um, because it's definitely something very different. We haven't seen anything really like this before. There's a whole new set of mechanics being introduced here in terms of, like, a, a different resource mechanic. So there's kind of, like, a bit of a race to get your void counters up so you can do your rank feats and uh, and, and
1: such. And there's... I have to say, it was fun to watch you obsessing over that last night. Yes. <laughs> get it. It. Okay, oh like, my god! It's like you're, you're competing
0: against yourself kind of thing. It's it like, how fast <laughs> can I do this? Uh, so there's a game within a the game there. Um, and the teleporting as well, with the uh, the void rifts, just being able to zap around and make the most of that during the game was pretty pretty interesting. Pretty. Uh, wow.
1: Goodness me, do we need to get into that, Craig? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get into the weeds on <laughs> all, that later. All the all
0: the options, all the possibilities. <laughs> so you've got so many so many different ways of doing things, and um, yeah, it was uh, was really good just to play around. And so we've had a, a sort of a a, a playthrough if you like just to get a feel for the faction because we thought that would help just with podcast uh, but I, I suppose from your perspective jason like how did you start designing the this kind of process was it what you called i think a top-down process for some of the other factions you've looked at or uh, was it yeah uh,
2: so yeah um for people who don't know um i i, I break design down into two different things um the tool um were similar to these in that they were a top-down process we we sort of said what do we want them to do on the table think of the ideas think of some um some words that would describe the faction um and and you build your mechanics to try and match the ideas that you have um, whereas for example the she faction was definitely built around the idea of we want them to we want them to use the flank trait uh, as much as possible and there was a couple of other mechanics that we really wanted to to put into the faction, and then we we knew it was guerrilla warfare, so even that had a bit of top down element. But when you build from mechanics, that's uh, that's the opposite way of doing it. Uh, these were, like I say, the the concept for the the faction was all Alistair's. So um, he came to us with narrative and uh, concepts, and uh, yeah, those were top down built into uh, mechanics that we were going to use. Uh, we didn't manage to use everything that he wanted. Um, he had a really interesting idea that when they fought other monks, they would be able to fight just using their key rather than just with martial arts and things like that. And I said, you know, that's for for that uh, niche case where this faction is playing you just against Rokan. it's probably not worth including a huge amount of extra rules. Um, uh, and a few other things didn't make it in. We one of the things that I like to do is to focus factions to give them an identity, looking at just a few key parts. Um, so we we removed some of uh, of Alistair's ideas, uh, which are still part of the the narrative of the faction, still part of the background, but we didn't focus on them in mechanics. Okay.
0: Um,
2: so uh, one of the main parts of it was that they uh, they see sort of the reincarnation. Uh, the wheel of, uh, of of being reincarnated over and over again, and sometimes you're able to manipulate this this key force that usually makes you prosperous and uh, you have a very good life, and sometimes you can't do that, and you end up just being a peasant and downtrodden for your whole life, and it's supposed to balance out, but they've sort of said, you know what, if we just got rid of all the key, then um, that would uh, that would solve everybody's problems, everybody would be equal. Uh, It started off being where they wanted to just destroy uh, time, which is still, again, is still part of their uh, identity, but that's a very nebulous thing to have as a mechanic, whereas destroying all the key is something we've got in the game, so we can have things like key block and removing key tokens, which represents what they're doing. So very much a top-down process. Um, We sort of envision them as being um, similar to a... a temple of monks, um, unlike the Rokan or the, uh, the other temples that we've mentioned, the Anmui and uh, the, the underwater temple, they probably don't have a centralized place to be or even a time to be. They they sort of they'll have a resurgence where they suddenly appear, and for them, uh, the time passes in different ways. So, when they're, they're having a resurgence right now in the Jhuar Isles. For them, it could be before the previous time they they appeared, whereas obviously for the Joar Isles, it's after the previous time they appeared, because um, they exist outside of the normal time stream. Uh, That's excellent. And, and all of these things, we try to sort of think of mechanics to uh, to, to put in. Um, one thing I, I was really trying to be careful about, and I know that these these are things that we sort of embrace in Bushido, but. A lot of their stuff, the the, um, the key stealing, key block, uh, and activation removal, which is to represent them destroying time itself. Like you were about to do something, well, I've taken that time away. Now it's gone. Yeah. Um, these can all be quite negative experiences for the enemy player if you're if you're going into that and you've got your cool model that you really like, and somebody says, "Well, I'm going to take away his activations and all his key." You're like, oh, well, my model doesn't really do anything now. That's not fun at all. So that was probably the biggest challenge with doing this as a top-down thing. We've got all these cool mechanics, but they can really, uh, if, if you allow them to just um, take over, they can really make it unfun for your opponent. So hopefully we've managed to balance it reasonably well. You'll have to let me know how your game went.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did seem it did seem sufficiently difficult to get those really... really um impactful things off the threat was always there <clears throat> and certainly they can do some very funky stuff um but yeah i mean first first impressions are really strong and i don't know how to deal yeah. with them but i think there's a couple well, I, of I like i
0: like that some of the get, things you mentioned there being. i can see them maybe weaved into the rules maybe. still because you yeah. still got kind of like uh some some kind of like uh, uh yeah. things against monks, like uh on Batsu, you've got vengeance monk things like that and uh you've got all these like little Kind of mechanics like you say that kind of play around with the idea of time um because i was just thinking like q's a good one he's he's got like um you yeah, know that ability to to remove uh, activation counters but he's also he's also tireless and uh and you've got a few other guys who are uh, who are slow and it sort of all feels like they're kind of not quite phased in or synced in they're either too fast or too slow so it's it, it's quite I don't know if that's part of the time mechanic, but that's kind of how I was yeah. interpreting it when I when I saw they're not quite they're not quite uh phased into the same time stream as everyone else. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So um they're those who can master the uh the techniques, uh like uh, Q, Q is a good one because he can both take activations off people and he's tireless and he's got lightning reflexes, which is sort of him being a bit ahead of uh of everybody else in the time line. He knows what you're about to do and he can you can counter it before you've
1: done it. That's um. mm. amazing. I love, I mean, the background is, is incredible. That, that was a real Jack and Ori, like <laughs> a few minutes there, you telling us all about how they work. Um, it's yeah, it's fab. Um, can you, are there sort of direct it? Cause I, I think the immediate thing I go to is like Akuma out of street fighter. Um, with the whole you know teleporting around and bamfield and yes yeah,
2: so, uh, funnily enough when i first um, when we first got this one of the things was we were supposed to keep it completely quiet um, they actually wanted me to just play test it myself <laughs> first and i was like no i need i need some playtesters. testers <laughs> um
1: uh, unless you're craig he plays against himself quite often you know
2: <laughs> yeah well I, that's that's how alpha testing starts i'll set up two two uh armies against each other but uh, i can't do the whole thing <laughs> that way so we eventually there
1: you go craig you're an alpha <laughs> you're doing that well done
2: we uh we recruited it was it was literally only about uh, eight player testers who did the whole faction um wow uh and mostly just in groups of two and uh yeah the um uh, they, they did really well as well, considering it was so many new things that, that could have gone wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, the um, when, when we first started out, uh, it, it was uh, putting some of those um, those ideas in, uh, and and the the mechanics that you were just talking about sort of fell out of it. Like the husks are people who went to the temple to join, and they. Uh, when you join, you give up your identity, you have to surrender your your personality, your name. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they call it just surrendering your name, so you couldn't. Uh, that's why they all have uh, these new names, which are mostly numbers. Uh, if you look, they're numbers that are considered unlucky by various I, cultures. I,
0: yeah, I did um, I did notice that. And uh, that's a
2: nugget of lore, isn't because it? I'm, oh.
0: Yeah, from language studies, so I did think that was quite interesting, uh, like all these little references hidden away there.
2: Uh, yeah the husks are people who've it's gone too far and it's basically taken their entire personality there's nothing left in there all they've got is this little ability to, to fight and they can um, they can use what um, void essence is in there to open the rifts themselves so they sort of keep them around but they were they were the failures Um and yeah, they're, they're similar like you were saying, they, with them being slow and other people being lightning reflexes, it, it really does make you think about like how different people are, uh, are manipulating time. And um, I can't remember who's actually spotted it now, but somebody said, oh, look, it's a time thing. And, and it wasn't that long ago, we got a master where the, the kami of time said, I've got a job for you, essentially. And uh, so it's, uh, maybe there's another master that, uh, that's got a bit of a reckoning with this temple as well.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. because well, so, yeah, master... that? The, the um...
2: if you read Master Koji's background, um, she was a contemplative, so she just, um, she didn't learn to master the element. She just communed with bigger and bigger kami. Yeah. So where yeah. can we find? Sorry, Jason, Where can we find Master Koji's background? Uh, it should be on the wiki. and there should be some on the uh the store page for her Okay, I will look there.
1: But do please carry on. Um,
2: but yeah. Uh yeah, she, she basically communed with bigger and bigger Kami until one day the, the Kami of time, who is uh probably the only Kami we've ever even mentioned who sort of ranks above Ryujin and um the the, the, the storm gods and things that yeah. we've talked about. Um uh he came himself and said, I've got a job for you um now she's um it's, I, I really like it is the, the other kami basically say oh the, the kami of times told her to do something effectively she's now an intrinsic part of how the universe works which is why the other kami will not attack Great. her so e- even the wraith which is it's it's an embodiment of destruction and murder and death and it won't attack her because she's needed that's that's she's important she's part of the cogs of the universe
1: right we need to tell that to uh wasapu don't we craig because <laughs> I, I, I took Master Koji to the table once, and it was for the first, I think, the first um, Bushido cast uh, video battle report that we filmed. And um, I wasn't, it was early days, I wasn't aware of Wasupu, and I just marched her up the center. But I killed a ferret with her, and then, um, uh, yeah, Wasupu like, jumped out and shot her to pieces. Obviously, didn't know how important she was. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, if uh, if the Kinshi Temple take over then maybe it's yeah, his fault.
1: I think so. As in Craig's <laughs> fault, yeah, for being such so an art <laughs> <Pardon. laughs> Well
0: great. Um yeah, so we were saying so we've we've had a game, so and during that game I think the personality of the models started to started to come out and some of the mechanics as well. Um and just set the scene, I think it was a um uh, a, 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 an interesting matchup because we had the the key generating um, initiation themed monks uh, against the the key destroying monks, so yes. it uh, you
1: know it's bound to be an interesting game. Yeah, it's it's a list. So I used a Rokan list that I've I, I kind of I built put together before I saw the void monks because I wanted to try out botan. Um, and so it was just a really easy list to kind of lift up and go. I knew Craig was bringing void. I thought, okay, if I take this, it's like so flush with key. If nothing else, it'll give Craig some, some stuff to, uh, you know, block and we'll, we'll see how it goes, but also it'd be a good test to see if, you know, they, the void monks kind of don't perform very well. If there's too much key for them to kind of overcome sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we thought it'd be an interesting game. So I took um, Iko uh, for the virtues um, and the extra key generation, particularly with Void uh, Botan, uh, New Fire Monk, because I wanted to try him out. Uh, took Hotaru uh, with a uh, patient crane stance. I took uh, Kenko and uh, one of Koji's pack, and then uh, it was uh, Yuki round it all out with a wind kick and then a few events. So, um, moment of enlightenment. What were the other ones, Greg? Um, I had a Garinto and a couple of other things just to move. Yeah, that, you had the extra monkey key. in there as well, didn't you? Sorry? Uh, you had a monkey. Yeah. I said that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Iko had Paragon. So she started with a virtue token. Uh, so yeah, that was my list. Yeah, and we played yep. three uh, uh, three idols in the middle, didn't we? Just uh, score in turns four, five, and six. Yeah,
0: so you, your list was all built around just lots of key generation yep. and some offensive um, monks and some more defensive, uh, or tough monks. And the uh, Yui was your, your kind of speedster, Yuki, Yuki. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I basically went for just a box set. The um sort of Kinchi box set effectively, and I uh, I threw in wary because there's been a few nods to that being a, a good card, um so uh, gave that a go. Uh, I've used it quite a lot anyway up to this point, so it's it's quite handy if you think your list is going to be a bit of a slow uh, build up. Um, I also put Eclipse of Hate on Q just to help him get that first hit in, and. Voices of Void, just for a bit of flexibility. Um, and I was quite focused really on just getting my Void tokens. Um, or oh, Void counters is up to four to start kind of, you know, playing with all the rank one abilities. That seems like a, a good idea. And then sort of take it from there. Um, we played the, it was a, one of the idols, middle center line uh, scenarios, just to keep it simple mm-hmm. as well and um yeah i think i think it was a good sort of test game of kind of what what can happen with them but it's sort of still kind of early days if you like figuring out kind of uh the where the real strengths lie but yeah it was pretty
1: uh pretty interesting um so i mean the first thing that i should probably say about this is that you know craig as a gamer is um you know he's very methodical thinks things through you know he's the kind of guy who plays games against himself just to practice <laughs> right you know and um uh normally i mean we we've we've been playing tournaments with chess clocks and thinking stuff recently, it. haven't we yeah. so we, we can get through a game of bushido but goodness me last night you were thinking a lot yeah. yeah
0: i was overthinking things last i would say last tournament i went to uh there was a really good tournament in, in derby and uh i don't know whether because these guys were all we used to take uh, chess clocks and i think they were ex skill ball but it's like it felt like we were getting through games in about 45 minutes mm. so and without anything really going wrong it was great It can so, be done yeah but yeah it can definitely be do done, it, done. It, that was not last night distract
1: from the point right <laughs> you were you were very very contemplative about i a saved lot time,
0: time from those games and i applied it to this <laughs> yeah yeah Well, it was in 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 theme then. I I, I was just uh, (laughs) in husk mode, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll get better. You know, if I I need to work up to Q mode, but
2: yeah. um, I think think that's the same for everybody. Though, Uh, while I was at Adepticon, um, Art who um, who does um, uh, battle reports on YouTube. Uh, he filmed me playing somebody on the booth and even I was uh, every so often was just like hang on let me just get this straight again I need to do this to get an extra point so I can do this other thing to get me an extra point so I can do the feat that I want to do and it is you know it's um it's it's I don't think it's more difficult than than managing your key on your, your models in any other faction it's just it's a different thing to do so yeah, you have to get used to it while you're I playing. That it. was, that was um, it. I
0: think it was the, I had a plan to get myself up to, um, for void, um, tokens, but then I, uh, I kind of had a little bit of a bit of analysis paralysis when I was trying to get, figure out how to kind of get up to the, the rank two feats a little bit quicker. And, uh, I was working out the kind of different combinations of things I could do to, to sort of do it more efficiently. And Gav was not helping me by not uh, taking the bait and killing my husk models, <laughs> so that didn't that didn't help. So I had to do it the hard way and uh, earn it, kind of so to speak. Yeah,
2: it's annoying when people don't kill your models when you
0: need. Yeah, them to. yeah. yeah. I, I there was one point where I was literally thinking I might want to just lose this model right now, but no dice in defense, and but it enable it would enable like a big chain of rank two feats. Um, so, and it was, it wasn't like a bad model or anything. Uh, it was actually one of the, one of the better monks, Batsu. Um, but, uh, the trade-off would have been the rank two on, uh, the two monks with, uh, that can get unblockable strike would have come through. And, and I felt like that could easily, uh, net me two monks in return kind of thing. So it was kind of one of those interesting trades. I don't normally like to do these kind of trades, but two for one does, does seem like okay so uh, <laughs> yeah I, I was tempted
1: i think i i feel like there's, there's two main things that we need to discuss here. there is your yeah your obsession with with getting these extra um void tokens up to unlock all of your powers and then there's the big conversation about the teleporting around mechanic because that's huge and that caused you a lot of uh thinking time right
0: yeah, I mean the, the void counters you can kind of plan ahead for, mm-hmm. um, and so and I and I, I didn't have all the time in the world, so I kind of got up to a certain level and then sort of thought I'd just take it, uh, you know, see how the game goes. There's, there's certainly some of the mid-range monks which really help you with that, and I think in list building um, it, it's easy to overlook some of those monks, um, but actually they're the ones who really help you get up the up in your void uh, counters uh, so in particular Batsu is really helpful for that because he's got two different ways of doing it and uh, Shikaku as well is really good the one that could do the void stares back so um, they they certainly helped me um, as I said you didn't take the bait and you wouldn't uh, kill um, my husk no matter how appealing I tried to make uh, that or how much I tried to, him just to attack you um, and attack fire monks and all the rest of it uh, which, which was fair enough because you knew if you killed him you would um, you you give me a void uh, counter and then I would also be able to get um, Kodai on and uh, he's then got abilities to potentially get even more void counters so um I, it was I mean, a fair, fair call.
1: It wasn't even necessarily that I was avoiding yeah, I just invariably had a better target for everything. So, you know, at no point was he like, you know, the the the, the, the best option to go for. No. It's just I seem to bounce off of everything that I <laughs> went into. Um, so I don't know if, if some of that was was dice or yeah, poor play or whatever. I did have a couple of um. I did. Did I kill anyone? I don't think I did. Yeah. Yeah. You, One you, model, you, maybe.
0: You, yeah. Yeah. You got the 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 guy who flanks, mm-hmm.
1: um, but I, I did get a couple of amongst like you know exhausted and outnumbered, and like you know there were a couple of combats that were sort of four four dice against one and stuff, you know. But they, it was yeah. really hard to work so hard to get um, get them where I wanted them because they're so mobile,
0: right? Yeah, on yeah on the void tokens. And so I guess like um, the other big mechanic is the void risk, I should say. So the train pieces that you place down i had a bit of an idea about where i'd put them at the start of the game um and uh, the scenario obviously kind of influenced the pattern i put down and um yeah i think the the dynamics of the game was such that it was all about can i can i kind of hide my models that need to zip through avoid token avoid rifts so they can surprise your model because if I get your model, you know, in a fair fight, most of them had, you know, six key or whatever could boost their stats and mm. I wouldn't be able to compete with that. But if I can get you, uh, surprised as particularly when I'm rank one, then I can boost, you can't, and that should be enough to, you know, start to do some damage when I got to rank two and I could do the unblockable, uh, attacks, That's when things really started to go, um, in my favour, uh, because you know, if your guys uh, were surprised, I could get them down uh, one more dice or whatever. Then you know, two of your models had no dice effectively in defence and were just sort of one shotted. Yeah. Um, so that, that's when it really started to. We to kick we should
1: in. probably touch on so there's a couple of things that that you did with the faction that were arguably quite technical, like right, that you wouldn't really think about if you're a kind of newbie player. And maybe Jason can shed some light on whether these were kind of intended or, or like mechanics or not. So the first one would be where you <clears throat> you moved a Void Rift and essentially teleported four monks at the same time because you moved the rift onto the monks rather than move the monks onto the rift. So that yeah. was very interesting, almost a kind of gotcha. And the second one was the exactly what you just described. So starting with a monk out of sight um, of somebody, uh, and then moving into a void drift and then appearing out of their line of sight and therefore surprising the model. So that, that seems really powerful, but you needed to set it up, right? You need to be quite technically minded to, to do that.
0: So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether the first one, well, well Jason, defense, what, what was that? Jason, in my defense, uh, I, asked, I asked on Discord. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: uh, Andy made a, the, the ruling to say that if you move the, the void rift into somebody, then it would teleport them, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. You'll, I've put up today, actually, uh, um, some proposed wording for just defining the term entering so when you enter base to base with one of these things, basically it only happens once, and you can only enter something while you're, while that model is moving or being placed. Right. So that,
0: that, that that would stop so, me from doing that, basically.
2: <laughs> it would stop you from moving the um, the rift onto a model and teleporting. So you, you can't uh, you, you, you can't overlap the rifts and the models. So it would just have yeah. to move next to them and well i'll be pleased travel.
1: to see that that's no longer allowed because that seemed extremely powerful he was able to just like turn two wasn't it and he just repositioned just three positions one flank and i'm like you know what, what to do there? with, yeah, with they the options of, there. The of sh- just coming out wherever they wanted to yeah. i left you a husk <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: thanks yeah um uh whereas the surprise thing we definitely knew about it um it kind of takes some getting used to, but the, the, there is some very simple counterplay, which is to essentially you treat the um, uh, the void rifts as another model, so you need to keep the void rifts yeah. in your front yeah. arc.
1: And that's definitely what I was doing, uh, and I which, picked that up very, very yeah. quickly. Like that's that's what I needed. The one thing that I didn't think about that I absolutely need to take to the next game is they're destructible, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. there's probably one or two that I could have taken out that would have had a, made a massive difference on the way the game played out yeah I mean uh, it, yeah. it's
0: it's it is an interesting one. I mean train train is um normally destructible uh when you buy it for your war band uh but I very rarely see anyone take the time to destroy it um because in the heat of a game it's quite hard but um it's got a cost associated with it but I think with these guys you might want to do that mm. and that would then definitely make um, the different ways you can bring in more counters more appealing, so you can get them through the husk, and you can get them through um, your uh, the guy who can uh, flank as well. So there's a few different ways that you can introduce new ones to the game. Um, but yeah, I think definitely uh, making the most out of trying to get surprise attacks was important against you, but I don't think it would be necessary um, needed against every opposition. Um, they, I mean, they, some people have quite a lot of uh, six cents in the wear and stuff so it might not, just not work but also i think um for like a pose key test that i was trying to do uh with like the uh void stairs back that normally doesn't it doesn't really need a surprise uh to to work but against you where you can boost your key mm-hmm. <laughs> so so really i kind of needed that surprise to to really get it to land yeah. So, I think that's yeah, so where I mean,
1: the surprise mechanic really kind of hit home about how powerful it was because it wasn't about you just surprising me and getting into combat and getting me you a know, dice down, right? It was you were using that to, you know, get better, um, yeah, opposed opposed key. Well, it preventing me from boosting a lot of the time, which is which is huge, right? Um, yeah, and you, you use the mechanic it's your, really well. A healthy relationship with key. Yeah. That's, we're just just helping
0: you, you know, get yeah. away from that. So uh, yeah, and the, the the key block was nice, but you had quite a lot of different ways to maneuver key around. I, th- I found the main benefit I got out of that was the brutal on my character. But again, I think against other factions where they don't kind of have all the key they need by the end of by the start of turn two, um, it would probably be it would probably have have had more of an impact, um, and I, I probably would would have kind of valued the 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 ways that they can do that through range um, a little bit more um but, but yeah again against you it was kind of hmm. not necessarily
1: uh uh the the thing that i needed at all the time um so jason i am um, i mean you're a Rokan player as well right so did you did you play test a similar list against the void in development uh
2: yeah i found Rokan versus Kinshi to be really interesting because against any anybody else you don't need those surprises as much because um, the Kinshi Monks have Kata. Mm. So you're usually winning tie breaks. And if you just get a plus zero and you've got plus one on the dice, it's a reasonable chance of doing damage. You get your first key block on them. Uh, Then you've got Brutal, which Monks obviously can't have otherwise. Um, So you've got then Brutal and Kata, uh, which will get you a slightly higher damage roll the next time. It's another key block. Um, So uh, against the Rokan, though, they've got Kata as well. So you're you're not as likely to win those tie breaks every time and get those yeah. low level damages off. Um, or even like uh, quite a few of these guys have got things like slam or uh, or similar things. And again, you just need that level zero mm-hmm. win on the tie break. And with Kata, you usually win the tie break. Uh, similar to how Rokan can play, you know, if you've got uh, Kenko and Poe, they only have to get a zero slam you and it's taking activations yeah. off you. Uh Well, with these guys, it's the same thing, but they're also putting those key block markers on, Uh, and then you know you can bring in the husks to finish things off because they've they've got strong.
0: Yeah, um, I I definitely tried that. Rolled rolled free, but uh, the the effort was there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So did did you find that it was quite sort of quite quite balanced as a match? Because obviously, I mean, we can't really tell. We've only played one game, and I'd certainly do some things differently next time. So, is it a balanced matchup or?
2: uh, yeah, it's, I see. I've 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 played it a few times. Um, like I was saying earlier, uh, I've played many more games. Uh, with them not quite as they are now. Uh, one of the things that changed the most was the, um, the, the counters. How many counters it needed to do various effects. That was the thing that we were fine tuning the most. So, um, I've played it a lot with slightly fewer or slightly more counters to get to various points, and. Um, but yeah it, it seems overall it's, it's it is quite balanced you get a few fun things when because obviously the monks have got very good attacks and defenses mm-hmm. as well so they start throwing um kinshi monks through the void <laughs> rifts uh, as defenses and then uh, the next thing you do is walk over and destroy the void rift and you've got a flank then because there's <laughs> you, you sort of throw somebody through put them somewhere else on the opposite oh, yeah. flank then destroy yeah. it as your next yeah, activation and then you've got that flank because they can't get back over there mm. quite so easily.
1: But they they get to choose where um, they come out, right? When you throw them into the rift. No, no, no. no active, active players. Player. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. Throwing people into void rifts. Let's do that.
0: I, I didn't tell you that. Yeah. That's
1: that's weird. I don't, you did, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> and I did have a couple awesome. of um, like you know, slam attacks and stuff that I could potentially have used.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, obviously, the uh, the monks often hang about around the uh, cool. the. The rifts so they can get in easily. So if you can slam somebody into a rift, you can almost always hit another monk <laughs> on the way out. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. They, 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 there is, a, thankfully, there's a lot of um,
1: jump up and so stuff. These are the things, yeah. these are the counters that I need to know in advance about well, games. We're, right? we're learning, we're
0: learning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can feel, I need to proxy some void monks. I can feel playing with myself. Is yeah. A, it's, option. I'm playing yeah. Bushido yeah. with myself. It's, an option for this it's G-S2. become a lot easier yeah.
2: now as well I, I don't know if you guys got the new rule book and check the errata but the slam and throw yep. we fixed the distance so um with that three inch move rather than it being d3 it's a lot easier to get somebody through a rift and into some other monks yes. um yeah I've got, you really also much. kind of have to watch out if, if your opponent is playing master you he is a satsui yes. monk so <laughs> he can happily use the void rifts he can be immune to most of your effects because they don't work on satsui monks um, uh, he's basically, uh, yeah. I mean, I know he causes terror in Ku but he's pretty much like the nightmare for uh, the the Kinchi to, to face.
1: So yeah, I think, uh, and I said to you last night, didn't I, Craig, that we thought it was a a, a ploy from you to uh, just get Master Enos on the table more often. <laughs> right? If if we're going to have you know tournaments flooded with Void monks, then um, you know I need to start fine tuning Enos list, don't
2: I? Um. I mean, there's
0: definitely some interesting counters. Yeah, great. Um, I'll, I'll quickly just talk a little bit more about the void list. Um, so I went for War Wary, which I think was mentioned on uh, Roll Better podcast as well, and has been mentioned on Discord uh, as kind of a good, good card, because essentially you're kind of not at your best on turn one with these guys, and uh, you can't use your void rifts. So you don't really want people getting to void rifts and destroying them, uh either so it's kind of like you know a bit of dead time almost for you um thematically i i think that's quite interesting as well because they're kind of destroying time maybe but you know it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, how i, was, I it's, justify it
2: <laughs> uh I, so i didn't use it because i was trying to use all cards from the box when i was playing uh, come but um i think it's, it, I, it, it's a good card for anybody who's trying to play a late game um strategy and uh, so i mean it's good for minamoto as well for example because they're never going to get to the the idols first or the zones first yeah um so same with these guys these are definitely a late game faction um you're not going to be uh doing the tengu thing of turning two idols for yourself in turn one yeah um and then you know fighting things off you if, if at all possible you don't want to be fighting until middle of turn two and turn three depending on how you play it yeah uh, so I, yeah so it's a good card for
0: them i definitely i definitely felt like um with gav's kind of like keyed max out uh monks versus my monks without their abilities that i was on the back foot so i definitely didn't want to
1: rush in there and it was although really you did to... i think it was turn two i think you moved two monks through because you had void rifts close enough I, I think you'd move them closer to the idol so that you could teleport straight to avoid rift and, and stand yeah
0: i, I had like, the option like, touching, but in, uh, i kind idol. of refuse flank flank to you and yeah. go away from your far monks and and wait and sort of mm-hmm. build up to that four because i think once i'm at four i think i'm i'm able to kind of go uh, uh you know I'm, I'm on par with with your monks uh or, or close enough kind of thing um and i can start yeah. generating more counters so i kind of didn't want to go in there without being able to do any boosting or being able to do any of my mm-hmm. kind of Once I get to rank two, that's where I definitely feel like they started to shine. Um,
1: Yeah. Although you did, um, I mean, you killed Yuki quite early, didn't you? Off the back of your teleporting four monks in. So it it took, what, two or three of them to take her out? Uh, uh, Was it? I don't know whether that would have played out differently. Maybe. um, If you weren't able to
0: do right? That might. And, And you had your place, which you didn't make use of either. So. No, that was my. My yeah. big error. I forgot about you, you Start starter Turn play. We both but... did, to be fair. But yeah, so there's a <laughs> few things. But yeah, I mean, really all I want out of that exchange, though, is just to do damage. Uh, so I went for uh, Q, and really I was just looking to do some damage. So um, one one of the monks with a ranged attack just put a Q uh, uh, block on her, and then uh, Q came out uh, with the upgrade to give him um, Brutal against... Uh, so it's yeah so he could just get that land that blow um get my uh, void counter up and then i focused with the husk to get to four quite early on so that that was the game plan um and then from there i was kind of more comfortable that i could do some some uh, you know more interesting things later on in turn, especially with the mm. kind of the the mid-range monks uh so like uh Batsu and uh, shikaku um in particular, they've got some really good things, um, and I think the the way I kind of set that up. I appreciate I can't necessarily do this exactly like I did going forward, but I think there are sim- I can do close enough just by normal movement. I, I use uh, Shang Shangaku uh, to come on from a uh, side with his uh, his wardrift, and that was quite oh, yeah. a quite a nice kind of like way of um, helping helping him uh, keep you, keep you kind of like on your toes um so that i could still still even if you i mean you did try to um keep eyes on the void Rifts but like he just enables you to still get around that you know with some some movement tricks and um, yeah. yeah uh that that seemed to work quite well
1: yeah definitely um you know the odd void drift popping up where you're not expecting it can have a massive impact on on your game plan. It definitely, I mean, I felt like I was on the back foot the whole game, like having to just form like a defensive perimeter waiting for you to make a move that I could sort of counter seemed to be the case. It's it's
0: hard to know whether they're I should
1: comment that I really like uh, the Hotaru and and Botan combo. Yeah. I think they work work really nicely together. I don't know if you saw that. They were scary
0: to to us because their threat range is so far. With the
1: boostable yeah. movement
0: and Bansai on um and, and Botan a bit
1: these very fast. Well faster, Botan yeah. gets the extra two um two inches of movement with his yeah. feet. Yeah. So, so they are they're fast and they're and they're powerful and it's like and I, I what I used to find with Hataru is he'd send her in and she'd get counterattacks and die. Um and generally counterattacks with impunity. Whereas now if she does, if somebody does want to hit her on the counter then they can be countered again by Botan. Yeah. So you might find that those, you know, more more powerful models aren't going to go in and kind of take out Hataro quite so quickly. Yep. Um, that seems like it will work. Bit more play testing to do, but uh, yep. anyway, I mentioned that because Botan is also a new model. Botan's right? pretty cool. Um,
0: uh, yeah. So I, I I thought the Husk were were really unusual profiles because um, they've got sort of a interesting combination of abilities. Um, they're they they're kind of want, because on one hand, they're, um, they're sort of a, a profile that you're quite happy to sacrifice to get the void counters and to r- effectively upgrade them to something potentially a bit better. Um, I mean, we, we've we got Kodai, and I'm sure in the future there'll be a Void Kami as well, so you you, you can kind of get a bit more value out of them that way. Um, void Rifts as well, you
1: can generate through their them being removed. Um, uh, can, we, can we insert a little record scratch there, Darren? Um, you, you said there's surely there'll be a void kami at some point. Is that? Is, is, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: the, point the, the, the void kami is uh, close to existence. Uh, the issue is that we keep sending um, artists and sculptors briefs to say, can you just make us a quick model? All it has to be is everything and nothing. And they don't know what to do. <laughs> Just um, so, in yeah, negative it's...
1: space. <laughs> are they asking for more time? Uh, <laughs> um, the These are dad jokes—they're coming out now.
2: Hooray. So uh, I think that's that's part of the problem is that we, we've had uh, we've had quite a few different concepts, and uh, some of the concepts don't translate into models. Some of them have been vetoed by one person or another, or will cast whatever the, the different issues are. Um, the actual profile I wrote when I submitted Master Enos because it was on the Enos card, so mm. we I wrote the uh metal and void cami at the same time. Uh, so he's been around for eight years waiting for a, a release.
1: Um, right, so the rules, those rules for the void cami are the ones that you had in mind when you wrote everything else, uh, they, so like to change before release. they
2: changed a bit when we did the this faction. So that they, it would match this faction a bit more, but it's mostly the yeah. same, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Mm. Uh, well, so really, I mean, no, no reason why you can't share the profile, really. Is that? Uh, really?
2: It's been through playtesting twice because it was going to be released <laughs> alongside the uh, the Metal Cami as well. Yeah. um uh, But it would probably go back into playtesting again once we get a sculpt for it and some uh, some artwork. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's the only thing pending for this faction, so I'm I'm hoping we see one soon
1: yeah maybe in a nice like colored clear resin or something would be nice what would well, do more resin though so
2: really it's, it's possible yeah. i know the uh, uh the company that does our resin can definitely do it because uh another company i work for has got uh colored resins from them for flame and things so okay
1: wow uh, and then it wouldn't require any painting either you know that's true they sell like hot cakes, they uh, They'd sell like hotcakes, they would.
2: They'd sell like... Well, cakes. then again, it only takes five minutes to paint the entire faction, right? So it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter it's too much.
1: That's true. That's true. If you're Craig,
2: would you? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and the hardest bit for me, I've been waiting for a day where I can actually spray something. It's been uh, it's been either ridiculously windy or raining, so I've not been able to spray any models for about a month here.
1: Oh, you need to move to reading it's been glorious
2: uh, we've had one yeah. good day today but I've been busy so hopefully over the long weekend I'll get some more models spread
0: do, do some batches wow. yeah but yeah um I th- yeah so these 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 husk things are quite interesting because you don't mind them kind of going all out attack hoping you land uh, below um, and if they do hit they've got strong um at the same time they're kind of a disannoying a nuisance for the enemy because they don't really want to don't really want to give you easy void uh, tokens or, or counters, but at the same time, they can't really ignore them. And um, they've got some nice little uh, rank feats, key feats as well um, that can potentially help you get more void tokens. Uh, so that's yeah. good. So
2: I, I think uh, if I was opposing them now, I would probably actually try and kill uh, Nagashikaku because Empower the Void is yeah. very, very reliable void tokens. Mm-hmm. I'd rather give you one early on than give you like four or five over the course of a game.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I I can, I think he's the one that people might kill uh, because of that. And uh, yeah. And then at worst, you're going to get another void riff. They can probably live with that. But yeah, so the the, the Husk are pretty interesting. like that, And although they are kind of a bit of a nuisance to start with, and the enemy is probably wondering whether I, you know, is it worth me taking this out early or do I kind of take it out later? Um, as, as you said, if, if they do get into a position where they can land a good hit, like, like, cause they can boost, um, they, then that strong can really come through quite nicely for them and, um, uh, do, do, do some damage if you, if your dice are rolling, uh, hot. So they're they're quite interesting sort of profiles, um, to, to play with, but like on the face of it, slow and two dice is, is kind of Kyrie territory bad if you like <laughs> um but yeah if you can get them in particularly a surprised enemy um who's outnumbered and exhausted and things like that then suddenly they they become fairly uh fairly decent kind of models to finish them off so you can't ignore them completely so a uh, bit of a bit of a nuisance <laughs> what we're saying basically it says one husk you want to kill early one husk you don't really want to kill <laughs> and you just got to figure out which which way it is
2: yeah uh, the, the other interesting bit is of course that the obscured by umbra um feat means that you can definitely get him where you want that um, void rift if you're going to have a void drift from that so you can you can get a void drift exactly where you want it because he'll be intangible so he can go through everything uh, but yeah he's the one that they're not going to want to kill so you also kind of need to be using him to threaten scenario or put him in a zone to force them to kill him um yeah. yeah, Kodai's uh, kind of an interesting thing. is uh, He started off at 8-rice, which is what all the lesser Kami are, uh, which is why the Husks were able to change into them because they cost less. Um, and we were going to remove the ability for, for one of them to turn into him uh, because he went to be more rice than they are. So like, why would you ever pay for him when you can get a cheaper guy who turns into him? Uh, but everybody said, no, it's fine. We can keep it. It plays fine. So there, there is that slight weird thing now where you can either pay eleven to put him on the table, or you can just pay ten, have somebody else and get them killed, get yourself a um a void counter and turn into Kodai. So, uh, yeah. strange things I mean, from the playtesters. I know
0: some people, some people. I mean, I, I can kind of see why because like let <laughs> you, like most people won't say wise to the trick. it just won't let Kodai come out. To you know, to do his thing because when he comes out, he can generate even more void counters for you quite quickly. Because when anything dies close to him, he'll generate more. And he's also great anti camo tech, and you know he's pretty solid profile. And he actually, uh, and yeah, he's, he's just sort of like a, a snowball effect. I think with him with the key feats. So I could see, I could kind of see why he would be well worth including from the outset, um, and and why people probably won't easily let him come out. Um, so yeah, so probably just want to throw the monks, uh, to the ground if they can, things like that. Uh, the, the husk monks, you know, just try to get them out of the game. Sometimes get them out of the zones, things like that. Um, but it's an interesting dynamic. It's brought to the game. Uh, we saw some of that, uh, come through and certainly, uh, Gav wised up to it quite quickly. Wouldn't let me kind of quite get my new toy out. Uh, so I didn't get to use Kodai unfortunately, but he certainly looks like a very good profile.
1: Yeah, he does. He sure does. Lovely model too. It's a shame not to get the model on the board, but... Yeah, oh, I was going to say, He's you can that.
0: do Scorched Earth uh, to... Like, you could buy the train, I suppose, to walk your people through to, you know, to get rid of them that way. But I think that's quite an expensive way to spend 12 rice to get an 11 rice model. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> not quite sure if so, that's worth sports,
1: it. Speaking of Scorched Earth, that seemed very powerful. Because you were able to move around quite quite easily to um, position yourself and get you know a couple of my guys with each yeah Did it scorched earth the um the the feet I'm thinking scorched
0: scorched the earth yep. so and it lets you put down uh, the scorched earth template so yeah so that's so quick quickly of the young monks yeah so like there's there's kind of three mid range monks I suppose uh, and they're all pretty competent. Um, bring something slightly different to the table. Batsu stood out because as you mentioned the the scorched earth. Um he's he's also got a really good ability to kind of chain death sentence people, which I didn't quite need in this game, but I can okay if it's if it's a complex and once per game thing, you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be good. Uh so I I can see that being very powerful, particularly once you're at the stage where you get more void counters even if you pass or effectively you pass or fail some of these opposed key feats you're going to get something out of it so then uh, that that's really helpful uh and with like your ability to, to boost these guys putting death sentence on on top of that i could see being very very good um he comes with powerful attack which i thought was quite nice and quite unusual for for monks uh so he's kind of Although he's kind of got some very powerful uh, key feats, he's actually quite good in a fight, especially with that vengeance monk. Um, he could really do he you know could really do some damage against a monk uh, if he if he goes all out. Um, so I can kind of see why he's slightly more expensive than the other ones, uh, given that he's got kind of got slightly
2: more um, uh, um, high. Yeah, I, Forbidden Century is yeah, one of my favourites because you really have to game by game decide when to use it to get the most out of it because uh it's uh obviously if you wait till rank three you can get three death sentence markers out which is the best you can do with it but he also has the ability that when somebody removes a death sentence marker you gain an extra uh void counter so you might want to use it earlier just to make them have to remove those markers and get more counters to get up to rank three for other people um, with it being once per game, yeah, you have to sort of make that decision on a game by game basis. So there's a lot of um, sort of player agency, a lot of tactics involved in that, trying to work out which which level to use it at.
1: What's the what's going on? Yeah, uh, you say player agency, Jason. I I say um, you know, take <laughs> making Craig take you know an hour to, to take a turn.
0: Well, I've after the game, I kind of felt like waiting for rank three might be a bit of a trap because by then yeah, either things are going to go really well because you've got all your rank threes going uh, maybe it's a bit overkill or, or i don't know so I, I i'm i'm definitely going to give that another look um and, and see how it goes. but yeah i think i think it's a great option to have and uh yeah i i played scorch the earth quite a lot really just to do damage that was mm, you killed
1: Iko with it didn't you
0: yeah it was it was a good damage dealer for me um we were taking he was taking damage himself when he was putting it down unless he did the weight action so we did play it kind of you know fairly i think because otherwise it, it would do it, it seemed really good <laughs> so mm. uh we,
1: so yeah you did three damage to yourself and then the next time you well, used it, it got you the, still have the activation yeah. to do the weight to remove the fire yeah, yeah. whereas i didn't have yeah activations left, but at that point, I was I was out
0: because these guys can out activate. By the time you layer on yeah. Tarlis and people who remove your activations and and just have more models, because you know, they're mm-hmm. doing. Their I job.
1: definitely, you know, just got the sense that they were getting more and more powerful as the game went on. Yeah. It was that was very clear, came through in the theme.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I thought Batsy definitely stood out and had a very different personality, if you like, to the um the the other two who are also really good, uh, but they just you know, came across quite different. I think the other two kind of, for me, they have that time spiral similarity. Um, that was really what sort of started to come through as soon as I hit that rank two, they were just jumping around and one shotting people all over the place. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the void stairs back. That's very powerful. And, um, something that we've kind of seen similar on, uh, in, um, in your eight. So it was, a real it was really good to be able to play around with that and um we've able to measure range from the void rifts, it was always fairly easy to get a good shot off so um definitely enjoyed kind of making the most of that but yeah for me those those two when they start doing their time spirals that's when it really starts to pay off and uh
1: i didn't enjoy you making the most of that great yeah. just
0: <laughs> Thanks. That's that's just when the sorry, so the payoff of working up to rank two really kind of starts to show. Yeah, yeah, the obsession of going up the ranks sort of uh, starts to starts to come through. So, yeah, and then um, like it's not say so I didn't like the 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 actual of the fourteen rice monk, um, uh, Sangaku. I actually thought he was really uh, helpful as well, and I can kind of see why he's a little bit cheaper because. His uh, feet is not going to be used till very late game because it's rank free, so it's going to be a little bit harder to to get that one going. Uh, but just being able to flank is amazing, and endurance is always helpful as well. Um, and he was somewhat um, out on his own, so just that endurance did keep him around. I think without that, I probably would have lost him. So uh, to that, that was really helpful. And uh, yeah, I can see if it's like a tight game and you need to get to an objective, that time splice could be amazing. Just being able to kind of teleport behind someone and being able to get to uh, where you need to get to and, and uh, take an extra activation uh, could be, could be really good. So um, I can see it being useful um, and, and bringing on the extra void riff we mentioned that was kind of like just, just really opened up all the different plays that I, I could go for. So yeah, uh, yeah, I I think yeah, um,
2: well. the mistake I made a lot with him early on was bringing him on. When you see flank and you think oh, I've only got one model with flank, the the temptation usually is to just bring them on turn two so you've got them most of the game. But uh, weirdly enough, he's sort of a late game piece in a late game faction. So I think maybe bringing him on as late as possible, um, so that you, firstly your opponent might forget about him, but secondly by the time he comes on you might already have access to those rank three feats. And then he can get, essentially get wherever yep. he wants to on the board by leapfrogging an enemy model. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think just just remember that he doesn't have to come on turn two just because he has flank. If you don't need that void drift, yeah, the extra void rift. If you're not planning on it, then think... wait till maybe even four. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you lose him for half the game, but, but by the time he comes on, he's fully ready to go with his uh, his rank three feet and uh, should be able to make some we- uh, some good. Uh, players on the field
1: that sounds very canny, yeah.
0: I, I don't like the idea of that. <laughs> we definitely found like as the game progressed and models get kind of slightly out of position, then to your point, like term three and four in particular, that's when being able to deploy a void riff kind of is more likely to um to blindside people, um, because that's kind of where the, the game plan starts to you know, fall apart a bit and people start to rotate models and all sorts goes on. So yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, I also like the way that the void Rift kind of gives, gives you kind of, you know, it just, it just gives you extra options where you can, you know, move your uh, forces around. He's just enabling another, uh, vector of attack. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh another
1: thing which to should think probably about probably mention that the um the fact that their ideal terrain did come into play quite a few times so i was using them to yeah, it shot does around help you as well on, yep. get an extra 2 inches of movement here and there um yes, which that, that definitely but was i think that was probably the same. trap that that prevented me from thinking about destroying them i was having too much fun running <laughs> through them <laughs> skating around them the next yeah. time it's it's definitely something
0: to watch out for cuz that did enable a few kind of Plays from your side as well Hmm. that I kind of you know didn't particularly want to (laughs)
1: to to see. Um, Yeah,
0: well, that's definitely yeah. If you're um, playing
1: against the Void monster is definitely something to pay attention to because that can be really powerful. Getting an extra two two inches of move. So it is it is definitely like there's
0: some trade offs there for sure, and and I think that's the thing. If you're aggressive with your placement, it may end up biting you a bit you might find people can use that to, to their advantage. So you've got to be quite mindful. Um, the hard thing with your guys obviously is because you could boost your movement. Um, even with only one activation on the first turn, you might be able to still kind of run to one and, and then get the extra couple of inches if I was too kind of you know aggressive with where I placed it. So it definitely impacts what you might want to do. And I imagine Tengu could probably, you know, they could easily do the same. So, um, lots of different things to think about which is which is great you know very much about what how you position things on the table is making a difference um i was gonna say q uh i mentioned briefly obviously i was using him to enable me to get to the um the rank one feats as quickly as possible but after that he was still a great combatant he was you know a solid fighter with four four dice cutter you know to do the boost that they can and um i don't think i necessarily saw all his um, abilities in play, just because of uh, you know the monks I was fighting, but I can see him just being amazing. Uh, you know, I'd hate to fight, fight this guy with my back on. Um, he, you know, you just he just take off activations everywhere, with being able to do uh, split attack, slam attack, and um, uh, take activations off at the same time. <laughs> you you can easily uh, strip a few activations and pro models, and uh, you know do 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 a lot of kind of control like that and uh there would be only so much i could really do about that like obviously comes in uh helps you with the the void counters but then also is just a very solid fighter and um comes with some good good sort of initiative tech um and uh talus and everything certainly helps you when you need to activate people so uh yeah um at the end of the day, I was going to say though, he's uh, like most of these expensive monks, he starts to get a bit pricey and not necessarily harder to, uh, to shoot down, you know, mm-hmm. who, as, as Gav knows. So the wa- Wasapu treatment could, uh, you know, <laughs> come in here and, 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 you know, it'd be very expensive, uh, you know, model that he taken off the board quite quickly. So I think, I think that's always the thing with, with monks. I mean, quite a few of them have got a bit of range defense, uh, but but not all of them and uh, and and so they are you know they have to be a little bit careful and uh yeah i would sort of say like with him you probably do want to be aggressive because you want to get the extra hit the, the early hitting but then you also just want to make sure he's not left out too exposed
1: yeah
2: it's worth saying as well um he's got tireless but he's also because stronger than hate removes an activation counter it's it's um a good counter play to enemy models with tireless because if you hit them with it they still lose the counter they don't mm-hmm. lose the one for the melee but they lose the one for the feet so um all those annoying ninjas yeah. who stand in the middle and say you know you you have to hit us until you finish because we've got 20 pass tokens and then we'll have our turns. So you can just say no i'm going to hit you and you're going to lose your activation counters and mm-hmm. i've probably got more models than you so it's, uh...
1: I thought it was the Caoine no Rojin with the tireless and the masses of peasant models instead of tokens that was the problem.
2: Yeah, that works too. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm not. You know, I I'm I'm actually really interested to to play the Bastion's list against the Void Monks. See how they do. Um, mostly because that's my strongest list, and I want to see if they're as strong as they appear, or if I can give them a smackdown. Um but definitely very interested to play more and more games against the void banks. They're so interesting.
2: Yeah. So I uh, see, I know you didn't have him in your, um, your list, but the only person we haven't talked about is the master. Uh, so um, uh, did did you just not take him because you wanted to play the box? Or did you have a reason for not including him? Well, then. Um...
0: to be honest, I, I i had a little discussion on Discord about this. It's not He looks amazing. He really does look amazing. And I definitely want to give him a go in the future because some of the stuff he can do is just off the charts. Um, but I was kind of worried about dropping out um, the mid-range monks because uh, I think you probably, to make it all fit, have to downgrade one of your kind of 16 rice monks to a husk and um and, and then take another one out and put him in to make the kind of the points add up um and any and it leaves you with only like three rice i think also left over to play around with so you're you're not able to necessarily give q all the all the sort of attention he needs to give him you know potentially a an early boost or uh or, or, or uh the the brutal uh trait um so that then, so I think I think you're kind of trading off like how quickly you can go potentially up the the um the, the the ranks uh but you do have a much more powerful model from the get-go and it's just an interesting dynamic now I know he, he can help you with getting more void tokens of uh, void counters um, but but I think uh, uh the the two monks potentially could do that faster um, so yeah, so but I did, yeah. That's just speculation, I suppose. But that that's kind of how I justified it in my head. I think it would have been quite good, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah, he he can only uh, help you get more once you hit rank one as well. So you need four before he yes. Can, um, before you can start adding more to it. Uh, and
0: that and that's it. I I sort of struggled with because you could take uh, Q out to fit him in, but then then you really are making your life difficult to get to. Rank four. I think you're going to probably spend an extra turn. Um, and, I, and as Gav said, I was quite obsessed with getting those <laughs> those void counters.
2: Yeah, that seems to be what everyone's focused on early on, um, which is what the playtesters focused on as well. There was, I'd uh, say, most of the playtesting involved tweaking that chart to make it work uh, how we thought it should. Um, I think uh, we'll we'll see if it happens the same way as it did with my games. But I stopped taking coup. Um, because he's kind of telegraphs what you want. If you take coup, you, your opponent yes. can go right. He wants to put that guy in combat early on. So if you can give him a bad matchup, yeah. even maybe somebody who can just possibly kill him, like you know, you put Rashka in the middle of the table and opposite him, and you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to go into Rashka to try and get that point of damage? because Rask is just going to hit him and <laughs> he might not survive. I, I
0: was quite tempted to go into Gauss Monkey. Um, yeah, this. yeah. I mean,
2: you, obviously you've got the rift <laughs> and you've got the mobility for it and you can boost his move yeah. as well very easily. Uh, but yeah. um, I, I think when I when I started playing against them, and um, we actually tried to work out strategy. Master Pole basically went on a coup hunting mission. So, uh, right, I'm going to put you in base to base with me. I've got perfect defense. You, you, you can know it might be turned yeah. four before you ever damage them all. Um, so uh... yeah
0: yeah I yeah I can see that I, I think a bit like the husk kind of I think people work out what the tricks are um, and, and it almost like it's too much of an obvious um, like I, obviously like, I sat down and thought about how I could do it um, but then other people do the same in, you know how they're going to stop you doing it and yeah it's probably a bit too by the numbers and people can see it coming um, uh, but yeah I mean she looks amazing as well so just playing around the list I mean that's the that's the thing that kind of struck me although there's on the surface it seems like there's only so many kind of in, like trade-ins trade-outs you can make um there are still quite a lot of different interactions and this building kind of options for a relatively small pool of models um so that that's the kind of stuff that I'm quite looking forward to to playing around with and just sort of seeing how it all fits in yeah definitely sure. there's,
1: there's a lot of gameplay in this faction isn't there to explore yeah.
0: Yeah, but like she just looks amazing. Uh I think against you his range attack would be very good. Like especially if you could get a surprise attack with that kind of Ryujinesque kind of combo attack range is 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 great. And uh some mm. of his key feats as well, that like contemplate no mind looks amazing. Mm. Just being able to go around and, and uh take away all the activations. Um yeah, so yeah look looking forward to it. I, I like touch the silence as well uh, that's one of my kind of uh, recurro kind of esque favorite feats to, to use well we, we we also I also quite like the way that he um, he wounds kami um, and we did unfortunately we did not see that in play um, but with kami being quite popular I could definitely see it being you know a, a relevant thing and uh, you know doing a few few extra wounds to kami is quite good uh, quite helpful um it's an interesting I, I guess it's kind of mirror image of of, of enos's uh, ability um but just in terms of like the meta and things like that i think uh, that could be really helpful given how prominent Far army are um so anything just to take them down uh take a wound or two off a of Far army would uh, would certainly help i think um if you're in certain matchups so uh that kind of caught my eye anyway so uh, i could i could kind of see why in a competitive play environment um you you've got quite a few good uh arguments for including something that powerful yeah i
2: managed to get the uh the tough from an earth cammy and uh, i was at rank three feet and it's he's almost impossible to kill at that point because he's obviously got um he can have a, a a boost uh and whatever you put in melee with him you've got to get through the rank three touch the silence plus a tough so he's minus four to the damage roll um and you know he's, he's not he's, he's a good combat profile anyway he starts with four dice you can you can easily get the extra one um yep so yeah he's uh he's, he's got a lot of uh, interesting things so I, I think all three of his feats we chose uh, for thematics rather than you know obviously two of them are from Ikusa and one of them's from uh, uh Akirio, um, uh, but yeah. It, yeah, it came together as a really nice profile in the end.
0: That's great. Um, yeah, you'll be you'll be happy for those Kami that actually kind of regain their key, uh, with <laughs> him around. <laughs> the sisters, you know, keep fueling me your game. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I was gonna just have a quick kind of shout out some of the some of the cars just for listeners because um, I think we've done the profiles just to just to sort of because um, I think they, they do add like a nice bit of flavor and maybe bring out some of the things that we were saying earlier um, as well um, like the uh, there's one that uh, interacts with uh, virtue tokens um, and that to me was very much like a good sort of anti-Rocan
1: Piece of tech, hmm. um, Ruberus is the card. Yeah. When an enemy non-void model spends a virtue token, add a void counter to the communal card. Yeah. So Enos will still be able to do void tokens and
0: uh, uh, virtue tokens, and it'll be yes. fine. But mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of us wouldn't. So yeah. So that that seemed like a good kind of bit of tech. Um, I was tempted to take it against you, but it felt too much like taking into to you. But it's things like that. Would you know if you do have a bit of a problem with a meta matchup that you can you can reach for? Mm-hmm. Um, it's mainly what Teng, Tengu and uh, some Ito builds that, and, and obviously Rokan who tend to rely on uh, rely on virtue tokens. of which there are actually tokens for now. <laughs> I got the actual tokens yes. in the in the these player start set, so that that is a great little addition. Um, uh, I, I was really tempted with school Sheriff just because I think dist- <laughs> destruct well, Train's generally quite handy, but Train that puts people on fire is, you know, that, that sounds even better. So uh, I was tempted with that. I d- didn't quite get round to it, but at least I did get um, sort of into play through Batsy. So I could certainly see a, a, a use case for that. Um, moment of Perfection was, is quite a fun event. I, I think I would go for that just, just because it's um just because it's kind of an achievement you want to do and um we were we were, uh, we were saying that I think you you mentioned it this is true against Back mono with the horde card if, it, if they don't have any key on models then they it would work against them as yeah. well um that's a pretty niche matchup but you never know backmono might you know re- run the scene near you and so you might well, want to Back take or,
2: that. Uh, Utah. I mean Yuta usually brings somebody else but uh, if they're bringing yeah. a lot of kurai or skeletons, then uh, it's probably quite easy to make sure there's no key on any of the actual profiles.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so there's there's definitely a few kind of flavour flavorful cards that I, I you know would like to to play around with a little bit more. Um, just filling them all in. is obviously, sort of the the, the challenge, I suppose. Um, yeah, like uh, you know, some of the upgrades are quite expensive, uh, but they could be really, really powerful. Like disrupt harmony in FIFA time, they both stood out as very powerful cards, but kind of expensive. So you really need to know what you're doing. with Yeah, them, uh, you know, disrupt uh, harmony ever, so. is
2: definitely one that's um, sort of potentially, ultimately frustrating and possibly game winning, but it does cost four. And against some things, it's probably not going to do anything useful at all. Um, that's the one. It's Master She only, and they can use it to essentially delete the key feet from an opponent's card. Um, yeah. So obviously, there's some models which rely on their key feats to be useful. Um, mm. uh, whereas, you know, if you hit some Minamoto with that, he's just going to think, "Well, I've still got a stick. I'm going to beat you, <laughs> Stefan." <laughs> That's yeah. all he needs. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. You, you did use um, Eclipse of Hate, didn't you, Greg?
0: Yes. So that's the one I used to get the vengeance against uh, Spirit Blocked, just because I, I know from listening to prior podcasts and things that you, you monks aren't meant to have uh, brutal. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> obviously uh I I normally only play with Daffy car so that makes <laughs> you know so I only play with monks who break the rules uh so so these are right up my street so yeah no, that, that that bit of extra brutal when you got Kata is 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 great I've uh played many games now with uh, eldest brother and uh, it, it goes together very very well so uh yeah especially when you can um you know slam someone or something like that you just need to get the hit in just makes it very reliable, so that was definitely on my list uh, to, to try out. And yeah, for one, rice it's pretty strong. You have to obviously do the setup though, um, and uh, and get a hit on earlier, um, by range or combat, but yeah, like you, you need to do a bit set up just to make put it off. But yeah, it seems pretty good. Uh,
2: yeah, the only other one I think to mention is voice of the void. I think people can probably take this in most lists, uh, which is just the. Uh, adds one to all your statistics it's the key boost um, yeah. when we were play testing I did say to people uh, stop taking it for a while because I think it gives you um, a bit of a false sense of security and people were misplaying things early on like you get to turn 2 and you think okay. well I've got a boost I can send somebody in but you use like one boost on them and then you're like oh well, they, they're kind of just stuck there now and you, you start losing models because they've got no feats um, so uh, again yeah. I don't think just because you can boost you can you can engage and you can actually start doing things uh even with like coup to get that first damage off you you need to be careful where you go for because uh certainly for that activation and if it doesn't come off for the next activation he's not going to have any feats available um yeah
1: well Voice of the void is uh is times three max it is yeah so you've got a little bit of wiggle room there haven't you for, uh a get out of jail card if you overextend and you need to yeah if
2: you uh, if you if you want to bring three of them you can't you can spend them all as well i suppose so um uh obviously up to your maximum that you're allowed
1: oh right yeah so you could spend them all on the same model yeah. right for a uh, yeah boost of three and yeah just follow like normal boosting rules of w stat
2: but yeah. yeah,
1: like I, I can definitely see why it's a no-brainer card that everyone's everyone would take. But yeah,
2: it, like I say, it's it's been because it's the only thing you can do early game. A lot of people are like, well, if I use this, then I should do something. And I think a lot mm. of the time you have to think. Actually, no, it's a waiting game early on. You need to be setting up. You need to be positioning. Don't just use it because you've got it and you can do something. Wait till you've got your rank four, and you can do your rank one. So you've got your. Uh, four counters and you do your rank one feats uh, before you you commit yes. because they they're definitely a late game and they will suffer if you go in with no feats available. They're still monks at the end of the day. Okay. They, they've you know six boxes, no armor, no toughness. They've got reasonable yep. um, stats, but they rely on their feats and their boosts to to win combats and kata because is ridiculously good.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah absolutely um that makes a lot of sense well it sounds like we've got the gist of them just to, you know more or less right uh, from the first game and we've got quite a lot more uh, to see from them going forward um as we as we sort of dig into them and uh, and, and kind of um evolve our thinking um and start to use like some of the uh, some of the more interesting um cards and, and master she um, so I so think we possible. should
1: think about um, maybe the next game we play uh, recording for the YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, uh, I think what? I think it won't be
1: two or three hours. uh <laughs> <if I> turn. <laughs> we can we can use chess clocks, and I can edit it down anyway. <laughs> but maybe, um, uh, yeah, very interested to hear any any ideas about what lists should go up against the Void Monks that make a really interesting match up. If anyone on the Discord wants to chip in and say, "Play this one," we can probably find the models to do almost anything, right? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm... <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll get community engagement. Yeah, I'll
2: be. I'll be interested to see what people do with them. Now, this is like this is my one of my favorite bits where they know they're out in the wild, and I can, uh, like I say, we only had about eight play testers. so uh, we've gone from eight to you know, two thousand people looking at them. And coming mm. up with ideas and lists and putting them on the
1: table. 2001, because Craig counts as two because he plays himself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep hammering that forever, Craig. you never getting away from that. Keep flogging that,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it, it, I mean, it's certainly be interesting. I mean, uh, we've got some tournaments coming up as well um, to see kind of what impact uh, they, that they have. Um, yeah will be interesting where people kind of take into certain things against them. We've we've noticed some Silver Moon cards are quite good against people who don't have key. Um, and there's probably, probably some other good synergies out there.
2: Uh, yeah, um, anybody who's played the two-player starter set, Ken Mina's got the best feat ever against these guys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, And that's going to be
2: a, uh, that will be a Silver Moon mechanic uh, where you can essentially, you can pay somebody off to not use their feet, um, So these guys will be terrible at that. Um, so, uh, there's, there's some, there there are some interesting interactions with people who have no key for whatever reason. Um, so the void monks—they want to destroy everything, but they still like the cash. <laughs> well, they don't have cash to pay. No. They, they don't. They don't uh, have. Yeah, they uh, don't. Ten meters fee, It costs yeah. zero, but any model can pay one key to cancel it. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, there are some right.
0: weird weird interactions as well with like the husk and uh, Kodai, because they don't they've got zero for their key stat so like they can't get through disguise and fear and well i know the fear is fine because they're soldiers but yeah there's weird things like that that like doesn't help them kind of like do certain things yeah. so i'm sure that i'm sure people will find out ways to to make the most of these things but yeah it's what it's unusual they me. get you rethinking you think you know the game and what a standard profile looks like and then and then you
2: kind of yeah
1: yeah and.
2: To, the, the, the and there's always the uh, the the slight chance that you might uh, be able to control Master Shi and Goku Satsu, another monk. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever did you get that idea? <clears throat> anyway, guys, I think we need to we need to call it. Thank you very much, everybody, for um for the cracking input, Darren less so, because he's been having some technical trouble. But, um, thanks, Craig. Thanks for the game and your insight into um, Void. Jason, amazing to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having
2: me on. No, it's, you, been, it's been great to here. talk about them. Um, like I say, this is the fun bit for me because I, I get to see what everybody does with them now. So uh, seeing the combos... <laughs> everybody except <laughs> me. <laughs> seeing, seeing all the combos and the lists that people come up with and the things that I didn't see during design and playtesting is, is the fun bit for me. So... Um, yeah, yeah, I get to, to watch for the next few months and see what people are doing with them.
1: Fantastic. So, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast, but thanks for releasing such yeah, a... Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. So ...your work on, on bringing out such a cracking fraction that we are going to have hours and hours of fun with. Uh, and yeah. I will have hours and hours of fun painting them. <laughs> Craig, you Go know... cash Craig up. Craig didn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that note, thanks very much. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll say goodbye and sign off. Um, thanks for listening to Cast.
0: Thanks all.